Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wrestle, 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 hard, wrestle. All right, today we're going to talk about what you could do as a coach to build mindset into practice, building stronger minds during practice. Welcome back to Mindset Monday. We have another great episode. We're excited to bring it to you. Season's coming up. We're, we're glad to be back, and we're both rocking some Penn Wrestling today. It's the Penn Regional Training Center. Gene was just at an event this weekend, and Gene's got the classic Penn Wrestling shirt which I'd have to say is probably the most durable shirt ever made. They got those back in college and they still, you know, no signs of wear and tear. We got to find whoever made those. Well, I wasn't going to bring up on air that I'm wearing a shirt that's over 11 or 12 years old, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a little bit newer. They, but were, anyway, they were giving out that gear. They were selling that gear over there at the, um, at the, at the great event, the fundraiser event the other day, Burroughs spoke, um, via satellite. Mark Hall was there, BJ Patrell. Um, all the guys were there. I mean, Coach Raina, Brandon Slay, saw Dave Patrick, Brett Motter, Matt Harrington, Matt Valeni. The whole who's who of Penn was, a lot of the who's who of Penn was there. And Ryder beat the streets was there. Jay Hunter, our COO, was there. So the whole team. And then he was running a marathon the next day. Actually, two guys. I just saw uh, Jake ran the marathon and you see Matt Dragon ran it the same day. So they both ran the Philly Marathon. I think they finished within like a couple, like within 10 minutes of each other, which is pretty close when you consider 26 miles. Oh, yeah. So. And Jake had a nice shout out. They gave him uh, Brandon Slay, uh, thanked him, congratulated. Also, Matt Azevedo was there, of course, Drexel Wrestling, so, yep. uh, part of the Pennsylvania Training Center. But yeah, Jake got it. Brandon Slay gave Jake a real nice shout out. The fact that he, um, you know, built the biggest wrestlers and business network um, in the country with Philadelphia. During COVID, Jake did it during COVID. So, not only did he build the biggest chapter, but he did it during COVID. When everyone else is making excuses, Jake was getting it done. Joey McKenna gave a great speech. Bethia was there. Man, it was a lot. It was a lot of good people. A lot of good people. Yep, a good event. So we're, we'll get back to it. How do we build mindset into our practice? 
right? It's not enough to do mindset training. Well, most people don't do it at all. It's, it's not enough to do it once a month or even once a week. So when we're working with teams, we're usually working with the team once a week. We're actually taking them through our mindset program, but it's it's got to be more than that even. It's got to be built into their their day-to-day training. And obviously that's something we do with our program, starting with the mindset principles. So maybe we start there, but how do we build mindset into every workout of every day? That's what we're talking about today. Right. Start with mindset principles, I guess the starting point. Yeah, it starts off being aware of it and, and intentionally uh, building mindset into your practice. And we always start with the mindset principles. We get everyone up on their feet. We put this on the captains. It's their responsibility. Get everyone up as a group. And before and after every practice, you you state the four mindset principles out loud and as a group. So it's already building that camaraderie, that culture. You're rallying behind the same um, beliefs there. And it just, it just starts things off on the right foot. So that'd be number one. That's right. First thing, mindset principles. And then coming in with a plan. Right. As a coach, obviously, you can't just stumble in the practice and expect that it's going to be very efficient. And I doubt any coaches are really doing that. Most coaches are planning it, but making sure now we plan a system of mindset training into the workout. Right. So each wrestler should really come in with a plan as well. So maybe even giving them some time in the beginning of practice or when they're there, encouraging them when they're you know warming up before practice or when they're sitting there. Think about what are they looking to get out of today? What are they trying to improve on what what technically what are they are they trying to get in better shape are they trying to improve their single leg finish but coming in with the plan can't be just routine right failing to plan is planning to fail i remember back in middle school when we would write when we write papers for school it would be um on the upper right hand corner it would have it would say fcas focus correction areas and basically on this paper yes you're writing the paper but you're especially writing it to work on those three fcas and why wouldn't it be like that with practice? A wrestler should come in with, even if it's not three, but one or two specific areas they're looking to work on. And maybe one or two is related to uh, technique. One or two is related to mindset. What happens though, most athletes walk in, we know the one, the one FCA that the wrestlers have on their, that, that all of them tend to have up there is lose weight. That tends to be the one focus correction area that athletes have on their, the wrestlers have on their sheet. If they had one, so to speak, and that's not okay because they're going to wind up getting passed, if not right now, but sooner or later by, by athletes who really are working on technique and really are working on their conditioning and their mindset. Yep. Another thing I think of right before practice, so encouraging the athletes to visualize before practice. So taking some time. The good thing about visualization is you can, you can go through a lot in your mind in a short period of time. So if your athletes are visualizing what they want to get out of the practice, if they're visualizing some of the situations and maybe the technique they've been struggling with, visualize overcoming those obstacles, visualizing how you want to compete today, how you want to train today, how you're going to get through conditioning at the end of workout, see yourself pushing through the fatigue. So I think just encouraging them to take some time to focus, right? get focused and think about what you want to achieve and what you want to get out of today. That would be another thing. Yep. And it's a little, it's a little bit of both. So you want to make sure you're going in in a good mood. You want to be happy walking into the doors. You don't want to walk in like you're just, you know, going through the motions or, you know, it's another another day of work. I mean, you get to wrestle. Mindset principle number one is I'm thankful for the opportunity. So go in and enjoy, like be with your friends. Like when you think about your early days of playing sports, be with your friends. It's a little bit of both. Take a little bit of time quietly to think about what you're trying to accomplish. And then once you have that, be with your friends. 
have some fun, laugh, joke around. That's very important because it's a long season and it's and it's going to be hard because there is the weight cutting element. There is the grind. There is the ups and downs of the season, the ebbs and flows. So make sure you're going in having some fun. Talk to your friends, laugh. You have those mindset principles. You have your visualization, uh, your plan. And then coaches know uh, that predator mindset, constantly emphasize that predator mindset, meaning that we're focusing on the effort, attitude, aggressiveness, uh, your preparation and lifestyle. So coaches and the athletes should really be encouraging that with the team. Within the team, you're focusing on putting out a good effort, good attitude, good aggressiveness, and stressing that on a regular basis, verbally and non-verbally. Yeah, it's a good point. Making sure they're having fun. And I remember in high school, sometimes we would, even before we had cauliflower, we'd tape up our ear to pretend like we were John Smith. We'd be kicking field goals before practice. And as long as it's not harmful or disruptive, we were having fun. You know, it, we were joking around with our friends and it, it was just an enjoyable experience. And that's important because, you know, you are going to go to war for a couple hours. So you got to make sure that, I mean, hopefully that's fun for you too, but it, it can't be just serious and just visualization and focusing and, you know, all these lessons they are important, but build fun into it, encourage people to have fun too. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, and Penn, I remember guys would have like the hacky sack. Remember that? They're like kicking the, the little ball around before practice. And in like the beginning, even in the beginning during the warm up, we had our 80s music that was playing. Um, and then at Rockers, I remember being another another humdrum, another humdrum gray day. And um, what do we do? We put someone had the old Madonna CD. They threw it on and everyone's, you know, jamming to get into the groove and and, and all that stuff. So, you know, it's 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 important to build that in as opposed to a lot of times in high school. Sure, we did. We kicked field goals before. But once practice started, all of a sudden Lincoln Park was on. And now you were like, you know, <laughs> in that zone, that whole hybrid theory, which is a great CD. But I mean, every day to be going in with that and chop suey with system of a down, you, you know, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to start practice, you know, miserable like that. Yeah, and an, another recommendation, recommendation would be as a coach, spending a little bit of time at the beginning and, and end of each practice with the, with a lesson. And I, before you do that, assess the climate of the room. If it seems like everyone's too serious or they're not having enough fun or, you know, it's just too stuffy, maybe you start the day with a joke. Right. I heard Kale Sanderson will do that sometimes before every practice. He'll tell a story, a joke or something. But but really, it's assess the climate. What does the team need right now? And you're not going to get it right every single time. But to the best of your ability, maybe it's a joke. Maybe it's a story or maybe it's just explaining the mindset principles. But but do something planned before before each practice. And it doesn't have to be the Gettysburg address every every workout. What are you going to say? And a lot of coaches think you know where I'm going with this. So Zeke did this with the team. He, you know, probably sensed people, you know, ordinary practice. And so he started off practice with a joke. He saw Rick Springman, All-American, came into the room. And, you know, of course, he wanted to not congratulate, thank him for coming in and, and draw attention. Hey, we have a, a Penn legend with us and make sure you thank him. And he, and he told the group, he started off with a joke. He said, today we have, um, today who joined us, the great Rick Springman, not to be confused with Bruce Springsteen. And of course, both of them having spring in their last name, it's pretty funny. The guys got a real kick out of it. People were, people were laughing, but little things like that could go a long way. Yep. So it's assessing the room and assessing the culture. What, what do we need? And just building a little bit, you know, you don't have to, like I said, it doesn't have to be a drawn out speech every day, but maybe it take a minute to a couple minutes to, to address the team, not logistically, not just, you know, we got to wear 
you know, make sure you have your wrestling shoes, make sure you bring your headgear, stuff like that. We're wrestling at this time. Be at the, the gym at four o'clock. Don't be late. You know, have something that's related to mindset. So that would be the, the next the next thing there. Um, and then why don't you talk about explaining why? That's a big part of the mindset of the sport, explaining why we're doing different things like stretching and sparring and sprints. How important is that? And why should we do that? Especially as the kids get, get older, high school, college, um, they, they want to know why they're doing things. So when you explain, like if you're lifting weights, for us, it was like a lot of times in college, we'd have to do a lower back exercise, like hypers. Guys just wanted to curl, get big biceps. But if the, if the strength coach just broke down, it's like, hey, you rarely use your biceps in wrestling. Your lower back, you need all the time. So don't skimp out on lower back. You need to blitz that lower back. Same thing in wrestling, why we're doing, why we're doing certain, and you, this doesn't have to be every time. You don't owe the wrestlers an explanation every single time. But what we, what we will say is if you consistently don't give them an explanation, and if it's always because I told you so, that's a problem too, because wrestlers won't respond. They'll say this doesn't make any sense. And different teams that are more cerebral, like I think the University of Pennsylvania, things that weren't making sense, guys were quick to call that out, and they, and they were bitter. So as you get older, as the kids get older and more experienced, you should be explaining why a little more frequently. If you're coaching a rec team, it doesn't have to be to the same extent. But again, there's a balance. You don't have to explain every single thing. Sometimes it is because you said so, but make sure you give reason sometimes. Technique, conditioning, one of the things we speak about also for mindset, wrestlers should be going live in singlet and headgear as often as possible, ideally every day. And the reason why is because if you want to win a state championship or a national championship, you have to do it in singlet and headgear. So you want practice conditions to mimic match conditions as much as possible. It feels a little weird wearing your headgear. It feels a little awkward wearing a singlet. Well, you better get used to it because your goal matches. That's how you have to. That's how you have to compete. So build build that in. Make it make it happen. Explain why. I know you don't care about what your ears look like. Most kids don't. But you need to to win a state championship. You got to do it with headgear on. And the same thing with the singlet. Yeah, just to reiterate that, an important way to build mindset into your practice, make practice more like a match. And not every moment is going to be like a match, but there's got to be times where you're wearing the singlet. There's got to be times where someone's refing a match. You want there to be times where it's just, you know, the smallest group possible. Ideally, it's just one person, one-on-one, and the whole team is watching. Because why? You start to feel some of that pressure. There might be some expectations there. It feels more like a match. Um, so if you can just have two guys wrestle at once, um, doing your pre-match routine, giving them some 10, maybe 10, 15 minutes before they go live. So you're doing the pre-match routine that we always talk about that. You're doing the pre-match routine, um, that we developed with wrestling mindset. So go through that pre-match routine. So it feels real. And then we had Kyle Snyder. He was, he had his wrestling mindset shirt on this a couple of years back. And um, he was talking about he was talking about his mindset and some of the things he does to make practice more like a match. And one of them is give yourself one opportunity against maybe the person you're most competitive with. Sometimes, sometimes you're going to wrestle with them for an hour, but sometimes I'm going to wrestle a match against the most competitive opponent in the room. And if I lose, I'm not going to ask him to wrestle again because I want it to feel real. I want it to count. I want it to feel like it matters. This is my chance. So just like in a in a competition or a tournament, if you lose, you can't say, oh, let's wrestle another match. Let's 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 run that one back. You know, you can't do that. So you want to make practice a little bit more like that. So if you don't wrestle well, you have that sting. So again, it feels more like a match. So 
making practice more like a match is really important to develop the mental skills. Right. And then the environment too, the physical environment you're in is going to matter because that could be a roadblock to you having an optimal mindset as well as enjoyment of the sport. Just a couple key points. Your wrestling room shouldn't be too hot. I know you could lose some weight. That's not the goal of practice. You're trying to number one, become better technically. Number two, you're trying to get in better shape. So the, the wrestling room should not be that hot. It don't don't pride yourself on having the warmest wrestling room and guys losing. Also, it's dangerous. When you see all the puddles of sweat on the mat, that's not helping anyone because now you have to be careful. You're not planning your feet the same way. You're not wrestling the same way. My recommendation, start the practice room off a little bit warmer. Not, not too warm because then guys are tired, but start off a little bit warmer. You know, And then as guys are warming up, I would start dropping it a little bit as time goes on. So by the time you're at the end, you, you still have full energy. You can't put forward the same effort, and that absolutely hurts mindset. As far as sweats are concerned, we're, we've been big proponents of this for a long time. Once, once you move into a conditioning portion of practice, meaning speed drilling for condition with the intention for conditioning, sprints, or live wrestling, there should be no long sleeves on. A quick break from today's podcast. Wrestling season is here. Wrestling Mindset is the number one wrestling-specific program anywhere in the world. This season, make sure to work with a Wrestling Mindset coach to get the mental edge so that you can build confidence, stay motivated, and bring out your best when it means the most. Wrestling Mindset works with hundreds of wrestlers and teams each year. We have a special offer this season for our podcast listeners. Go to our website at WrestlingMindset.com, click on the free trial session, type your name and information. In the last section, you'll see additional information. Type in podcast discount. Wrestlers will receive a $100 discount and teams will have a $200 discount for any team program. Again, go to WrestlingMindset.com, click on the free trial session, type in podcast discount under additional information. Wrestlers will receive a $100 discount in their first month and teams will receive a $200 discount in any team program. Get the mental edge today. Now back to our podcast. And the reason being is because now the intention is conditioning and you can't put forward the same effort if you have on longs. I don't care. It's impossible. You know, that's true deep down in your heart. Even if you think it's not, it is. So when the intention moves to condition, coaches need to mandate this. All the long sleeves come off. If you want to put them on after practice, after you're done with the live wrestling, after the conditioning, fine. Practice is over. You want to keep that sweat going. That's fine. You could start off wearing it but not during the conditioning and live. That's absolutely going to hurt. That's right. Next thing I got down here, clarity. So how do we build clarity? I think to our clarity lessons, and it's understanding our best moves, what we're going to do in different positions. So a lot of times we'll have a list, and, and, and I remember, and it depends. When you're younger, you have to learn a little bit of everything, right, to see what's going to stick with, with each wrestler. But we used to have a list of, I don't know, 12, 15 takedowns, and we'd spend two to three minutes drilling each one. Well, at a certain point, that's got to stop, right? At a certain point, I know that maybe my body type, my technique, I'm just never hitting a fireman's against anyone who's, who's decent. So I'm going to spend more of that time drilling a, a low single or an ankle pick. So it's knowing what are my best two or three takedowns, what are my best two or three setups, and getting really, really good at that. So there should, there should be a portion of your practice that's dedicated to, we call it your power offense. Best two takedowns, best two setups, best two turns on top, best two escapes or reversals on bottom. Clarity being very important. Right. As well as each wrestler knowing what are the specific areas they're looking to work on. So 
where you should be putting a disproportionate. And again, this is also in, over time as, as wrestlers get older and more experienced, you're giving more what they called in college captain's time. The wrestlers were allowed to drill their own moves over at Bergen Catholic right down the road from me. They do a lot of captain's time. Why? Because most of their guys are very advanced. So they have more of that. When we were at J.P. Stevens. We didn't have a very good team. You know, you're not going to have that as much. But knowing that and knowing that maybe sometimes the better guys on your team can drill a little bit differently within the parameters of the of the the um, the full team structure. So the two main things you're focusing on is what am I really good at and make it better? And then what am I what am I really weak at? What, what are the biggest areas of improvement, my biggest improvement areas and making sure you spend time doing that? I mean, things I think of for myself, just finishing a front headlock, um, getting out of weird side legs. Um, defense when a guy's in on my left leg, mat returns. Those are four simple areas that are pretty big holes. And there's a lot of times you're going to many, many practices, I remember, and I wasn't putting the direct time on those areas. That's a major mistake because you're working hard, but so is your opponent. So what separates you? It's what you're putting into that time. So train what you're really good at because that's usually what makes you the most successful, your strengths. But then you got to balance it out with those weaknesses, or as we call them, improvement areas. That's right. Let's go through some key situations. Uh, coaches will do this. Almost everyone does this. You'll have situational live, and that's that's important. Up by a point, down by a point, um, things like that, short time. But not only just putting them in those situations, but the mindset part would be telling them what to think during those situations, right? I mean, you you wrestle probably all the time in practice, down by one with 30 seconds, up by one with 30 seconds. But what I don't see a lot of coaches doing is telling them, what are some good productive things you could think during those moments that are going to help me mentally so I'm not I'm, so I'm focused uh, the, the right way, right? Because it's easy to be up by a point and it's like, don't give up a stall. Don't give up a takedown. Right? Clearly, that's not what we want to be telling ourselves. But if we don't train and help our athletes think about what they should think, you know, it's going to be by chance. And we don't always necessarily default to the best possible thoughts. We know that. So what are some key situations where you think a coach should really be kind of teaching them what to think in those scenarios? We've done a series on this, the mind behind the move. The mind behind the move. That would be a good thing to take a look at. We'll, um, put, we'll put that in the notes. That's, that's, I forgot about that. Good, good point. That was, that, was, that was one of the key things. But as you said, what are the, what are the main adversity situations that the wrestlers could be in? Thinking about, you know, you're up by a point with 30 seconds to a minute left. You're down by a point, 30 seconds to a minute. When we spoke to Quentin Wright, who was a four-time um, NCAA All-American, I think three-time finalist, two-time champ, something like that. He, yep. um, he said that when, when he, in practice, he would really put himself in the national finals. And the coaches stressed, like, you need to be there. Think about your goal match. You know, we, say, we said before in many of our episodes, you don't focus on your goals regularly. You're focusing on your action plan. Well, at the end of practice, when you're tired, when you would normally coast, this is when one of those moments where you focus on the outcome. You think, what is my goal match? Really put yourself in that goal match. You're up by a point. What are you telling yourself? And, and the idea would be each wrestler. So anyone who's going through our wrestling mindset system has already completed this when we go through um, our adversity situations. The, the lesson we have on our reset button. It's like the fifth or sixth lesson that we have, which is also why you don't want to skimp out and only do four workshops as a team because you're not getting sometimes to these great lessons. So, you know, at least get the eight or 12 workshops so then you're getting all of these.
But in any event, the wrestlers have it planned out exactly what they're going to tell themselves. And this gives them an opportunity to practice that worksheet before a match in a real live scenario. So that would be something you'd want to think about. You're, you're winning or losing by a point with short time. You're on top. You have a stall call against you. 30 seconds left. Reminding the athletes to get to your breakdown. Don't just drop down to an ankle. Right? Get to your normal offense there. That'd be another situation. Winning a battle off the whistle. Regardless of what the score is, that's a mental situation. You could be a first-day wrestler and choose to move off the whistle. You shouldn't see any wrestlers ready to wrestle, and they put their hands out on the mat. Right? That's not, that's not, that's not wrestling. That's weak. And we know if you watch the best wrestlers, the best scholastic wrestlers in the world, the NCAA champs, there's always movement off the whistle. I don't think you could find any of them that they go, they go right here off the whistle. So remind, and the same thing goes with top, the best wrestlers, the NCAA champs, they have a first move off the whistle. So reminding your athletes, putting them in whistle starts that are basically five, 10 second matches where off the whistle, win the battle off the whistle. It's 100% mental. You don't have to be good to do that. Uh, that's a big one. Also, another situation we found is locking up your best turn, whatever that may be. Some people might be a, you know, a cheap tilt. Other people, it might be a high half. Other people, it might be something from legs. Other people, it might be a cradle. Put yourself, lock up your best turn and have in your head, this is that big match. We don't call them big or small matches, but this is your goal match. And I'm going for it. When I lock this, when I feel this, I'm going for it. And the reason why I bring this up is we have a lot of wrestlers we've worked with where they say they'll lock their best, their, their best hold, they'll have it, and they won't go for it. They'll hesitate at the last second. Yeah, well, they're, these, thinking, they're thinking, what, well, what if I get reversed? What if I roll too far and I get caught on my back? Right. So you need to have that commitment ahead of time. That's you, right. You got to commit. Now, you got to decide today that when I lock up that cradle – the first round of the conference championships, the first round of the NCAAs and the state finals, I'm going. We've already decided. Decide today that we're going. We lock up our best move. So we have we have a video called the Mindset Practice. I'll link that in the show notes too, but it's got Gene talking about that at a practice. But that's so key, understanding that I'm good here. This is my best turn or my second best turn. If I get this lock, it's secure. You know, but if I if I I could easily talk myself out of that. So you got to decide today. Don't decide when you're in the state finals if you're going to go or not, because if you if you do, then you you hesitate, you lose. So the example you I was make the decision today. Yep, the example I was give there is when um Sean Charles, the former coach of Arizona State, who was an NCAA champ in his own right, um he was speaking to you know he's Bubba Jenkins' coach at Arizona State before he pinned David Taylor in the national finals and before the NCAA's. He said, Bubba, to win a national championship, what you got to do is do everything you've done that, that's got you to this point. And then when you have your holds, when you get your holds, when you lock them, you got to go for it. And if you remember how he pinned David Taylor, he had, a, he had a cradle locked from his feet, rolled across his back in the national finals. He was only winning by a point. He had the cradle locked. He rolled over his back and he pinned him. So that, that kind of, if you want to call it pep talk, it's not really a pep talk. It was really more of a mindset preparation. The coach said, when you're in that situation, you need to go for it. And of course, David Taylor has that mindset too, which is why he, he pulls the trigger on his moves and matches also. So you got to put yourself in that position in practice and think about it ahead of time. And good. I was going to say the other one, up by one. That's a scenario you see where people struggle a lot. Even down by one is, is, easier mentally because like, all right, I got, I'm going to get a takedown, get to my best, get to my best attack, get to my best setup. 
up by one, you see all kinds of problems mentally because you think that maybe the the instinct is don't give up a, a stall call, don't give up a takedown. What what should what are some things that you've seen that you should be telling yourself when you're up by a point with short time? Get one. What would Zeke tell us? Get one more. Takedown makes it easy. Put him away. Blow finish, him away. Finish the period on top. Right. That's that is a moment where you need to think about that ahead of time. If I have the lead, I'm going to keep scoring. Great example I think of there was when we were working with Edinburgh and they took third in the NCAAs. Cliff Moore was the assistant coach. Uh, Tim Flynn was head coach uh, at the time. And then um, Cliff Moore was the head, was the assistant coach. And we were coordinating things with him. And he was an NCAA champ from Iowa. And I asked him about his mindset. And he said, more important than winning or losing, he thought more how he's representing himself on the mat. And not representing himself so much in terms of what other people think about him, but the way he competes. And the reason why I asked him was because when he was in the national finals, he was up by a point, a point or two with about 45 seconds left. They're on their feet, literally the exact situation we're talking about here. And he stayed aggressive and he got one more takedown. And it seems like a small deal because instead of winning, maybe I don't know what the score was, but instead of winning three to two, he won five to two. Seems pretty insignificant. But man, he got another takedown in the NCAA finals and didn't protect his lead. So keep doing what what you've done to get you to this point. It doesn't mean you're wild. Obviously, at this stage in the game, one should be intelligently aggressive, but make but making sure you continue to wrestle. In other words, not shutting it down. Great example of that was the guy who beat Jordan Burroughs in the Olympics in 2016. Uh, the Russian, uh, he's he was he was up six nothing against Yazdani in the in the in the Olympic championship, the Olympic finals, up six nothing, and he was pretty much handling him. Three minutes left at the break, and then we see a different Russian come out, basically. Obviously, same guy, but he, his, his mentality changed. It became clearly holding on, and Yazdani slowly but surely got himself back into the match, and he was, he was losing only 6-4 Yazdani, and with like 30 seconds left, 45 seconds left, he got the leg, and, and, and he took him down to tie at 6-6, but he had criteria because he was the last one to score. So the point is it happens even with, I mean, the Russian was probably the best wrestler in the world that year. Almost definitely. I mean, beating, beating Burroughs, right? And now he. Burroughs. Love than Burroughs. Well, yeah, yeah, but I, but, I mean, he, but he's the one who beat the man. Yeah. So he was the one to beat the man. It was, so, you That's know, right. um, you know, if it could, the point is, if it could happen to him, it could happen to anyone. Also, thinking, being aware that if if you should get scored on first, what are you telling yourself, right? If you get scored on first, or if you or if you're winning against, you know, well, I guess we just hit that. You're you're winning, but you could be on top or you could be on bottom. You know, one other point I wanted to bring up about this, this whole like, loosely related to everything. Let's say you're in practice or you're in, a, you're in a team that you're a lot better than other people. And this a lot of times happens in high school, but it also could happen in college. Um, that'd be the goal to get yourself a lot better than everyone on the team. Right. Dan Gable could go through the whole lineup and even beat the heavyweights. Not that I'm saying you should do that. But the point is, we've told our, a lot of our wrestlers who've been in this situation, you need to find ways to put yourself in a position where you're vulnerable, where you could lose. That means if you know that you're a lot better than the teammates you're going up against, get yourself tired before you go live. When the team is taking, usually before you go live, you you know you drill, then you, everyone gets a blow, they get a they get a um you know they get a drink, and then what, they get some water, and they come out, they go live. Well, maybe while your team's getting a drink, maybe you take a quick swig, and then and you run some sprints before you go live with your with your partner if you're a lot better than them, or. If you know you're going to be going with multiple partners, save the best guy for last. Don't go with the best guy first. 
In other words, get yourself tired, get yourself fatigued, and then go against them. Find ways to challenge yourself where you could lose. Otherwise, if you're just beating people real bad in practice, you're feeling good. Hey, you know, no one took me down. No one scored on me. That's not really the goal. Find ways to put yourself in vulnerable situations. And that's not always going against the coach. A lot of times what the better wrestlers will do is they'll go with the coach. That's good sometimes. Of course, the coaches are usually far better than anyone on the team. But it doesn't feel like the same competitiveness because in your head, you're like, well, he's the coach. If he beats me, it's not that big of a deal. You're wrestling with nothing to lose. You need to be wrestling. So do it sometimes. Keep wrestling with the coach, but don't make that your only go-to. You need to put yourself in positions where if you lose, it'll hurt you a little bit because that'll make practice more significant to you. A lot of guys don't do that. So be creative. Find ways to make yourself tired and put yourself at a disadvantage so you're vulnerable against people you're a lot better than, especially if you're a lot better than people. Yep. That makes me think of another situation. I think we talked about it on a recent show, but when you're running sprints, and, and this goes back to the why, explaining why we're doing things. The point of conditioning in sprints is not to beat your teammates, right? It's not to win every sprint. When you're doing conditioning, it's to go 100%. It's to get in better shape. So that's that's a mindset lesson right there that when I'm running sprints, you know, you might see a guy on the team who is in better shape than people and he's he's winning every sprint, but barely he or she's winning every sprint, but barely. Well, are they really getting the most out of their conditioning? Maybe they should have blown everyone out of the water the first three sprints and won significantly and then lost the last two because because they're gassed because they're tired. Well, get back to the why. If, the, if, if you're trying to improve conditioning, they actually benefited themselves the most when they lost the last two, right? So just be, just be aware of that when somebody is just trying to win in conditioning because that's not the goal. The goal in conditioning isn't to get more reps than your friend or teammate. The goal isn't to you know, just win each sprint. We want to do that, but we want to do it in the right way where we're giving a full effort. So that's just that's a mindset lesson, making sure that the team is – when it comes to conditioning, the goal is to get in better shape, not to eke out a win every time. So 100% rather than just 90% each time, and maybe that's enough to beat everyone else. Right, and that's what I see. There's, the, the situations here are many. So this is something that I think if you're running a team the most optimal way, we're working with your team with the, with the mindset training, we're going through the mindset exercises, but then there's ongoing consultation that we'll be doing with the coaches as part of the program. That's how coaches should be really utilizing us, especially the ones that are working with us, bouncing off of us ideas about, hey, this is how I'm running my practice. We're not here to tell you how to run your practice. We're here to help you make it even better. Like, let's take what you're doing already that's, that's really well, and let's take it to the next level by weaving in these mindset lessons. And there's many opportunities. And again, because we're coming at the sport from a pretty unique angle and we have that experience, we could make your practice a little bit better. And that's what gives you the edge on your competition. That's right. And then the last thing I would say is just addressing the team after practice. You know, maybe it's just making a small mindset lesson like we just talked about. You know, you notice that somebody was just trying to win each sprint. Talk about that after the practice, right? Talk about different positions. You know, on the whistle starts, we can't just be waiting for our opponent. We have to, we have to act, don't just react, right? So maybe it's just going through one of the mindset principles, you know, reiterating the importance of gratitude, being thankful for the opportunity to wrestle. Yeah, I know today was a hard practice, but we're blessed to be able to compete. You know, just think about last year. Most many programs were shut down the COVID. It could happen again. It could happen again. It might happen again. You know, you hate to say it, but it, it might happen again. 
So we got to be thankful for every opportunity that we have. And then, you know, thankful we're healthy mentally and physically. We're able to do this. So even if it's just taking 30 seconds to a minute to address the team with a basic mindset principle or lesson, that's going to have an impact because it, at the end of the day, it's consistency. You know, you might give two Gettysburg address like speeches. Um, if you give two or three of those during the whole season, Maybe they're great, you know, maybe they're great speeches that might end up on a, in a movie one day, but I would rather the coach who's giving a lesson every day. That's not nearly as good, but it's consistent, right? Consistency wins. Right. And, that's all and, I got. Yeah. And finally, it's just, just making sure your kids know that you care about them as, uh, as more than a wrestler. Um, obviously, you know, even minor things don't seem like a big deal. If it's someone's birthday, you know, you'll have the whole team to line up, get the birthday punches on them and everything. No, I don't do that. But, <laughs> but you know, you recognize people on their birthday, recognize when they have when they have achievements and not and not just achievements like they won, but recognizing the the, the, the guys that, hey, the guys or the girls, whoever's on the team are recognizing that that, hey, this person, they went up against the stud. They fought hard and not just, oh, they've. They fought hard, but no, no, they really went out there and they went after the person. Not just like, hey, they, they put up a fight where you're basically just congratulating them for going against someone good. No, they really fought, right? Or this person, they lost, but you know what? They were aggressive. They were going after it. And because they went for that extra takedown at the end, they lost. It's like, that's tough. That's that's a real man or a real woman. You know, this is like, this is someone who's tough. So making those points known, this person fought off their back for, you know, they got pinned, but they fought hard for for 30 seconds and a lot of people give up right away, but they really fought hard and the guy just overpowered them. Right. So it's like letting, letting them know that. And, you know, so it's complimenting them after their successes. Um, like I said, not necessarily successes in the way most people think about it, but in terms of the predator prey mindset and just, you know, when things happen in people's life or, you know, if, if someone, if someone's going through a, a struggle, whatever it might be, whether it be injuries, um, deaths in the family, you know, uh, problems, relationships. It's like just letting the, just letting the kid know before or after practice. It's okay. I'm here for it. if you need anything. Just just let me know, right? And and teammates, that would be good to you know pick one another up, pick one another up. The, uh, I guess we'll leave it with what they were talking about at the Penn um, event, the regional training center. They talked about being servant leaders. So the leaders on the team should be attentive to the team, like not overly focused in what's going on in other people's lives, but you know everyone on the team. Only, maybe only one or two people are captains, but everyone on the team can be a leader. And that means you look out for your, your brothers and sisters on the team. So keep it positive. Ask people how their day is doing. You know, and, and that goes for the wrestlers, too, not just showing up at practice. After, after practice, you could contribute to the positive atmosphere, too, as wrestlers. Thank the coach. Thank you, coach. Hey, still there helping you. Thank your practice partners. Thank your teammates. And just any positivity that you can personally inject in the room, whether you're a coach, a parent, or an athlete, it's going to help. On the flip side, any negativity that you inject in the room is a, is a it's, it's a small cancer. Get rid of it. You know, get rid of the negativity. So, I'm sure this will help you. There's a lot of great information there. As always, the best way we could help you is doing one of our team programs. Like I said, the average program is eight workshops. So, if you could do that. That's going to really help your team. And it's not just that, but we also provide the unlimited one-on-one -on -one individual consultation. I'll say that again because a lot of people miss it. Unlimited individual one-on-one -on -one consultations that we provide your athletes as well as with the coaching staff. So if you want to build this stuff into your practice, this great information that we just spoke about, we could help you. Make sure you check us out our website, of course, wrestlingmindset.com. If you're a parent, Make sure you sign your kid up for the individual session, individual trial session. Coach, 
we'll, we're happy to do a free introductory session with your team. Bring us in. It's still it's still not too late, but we want to make sure we square all this information away and get that mental edge now. So we have a lot of time before end of February or March, especially in a post-COVID world. So as always, whether it's wrestling, sports, school, business, or life, it's our mindset that makes the difference. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.